Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 9th, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Happy to be back in the chair with you today. Uh, not a lot going on, uh, as, as everyone knows. It's kind of August. It's kind of the dead to- dead period, so... I'll touch on a couple uh, on at least one breaking news item that happened over with the Lakeland Magic, uh, continuing off of our discussion yesterday about the G League, uh, and then I'll talk a little bit about the Southeast Division in in general and talk about uh, what's changed in the division. It's actually been a very, if well, a lot of chaos has happened throughout the Eastern Conference and throughout the NBA. It's been a relatively quiet uh, summer for the Southeast Division, save for the Atlanta Hawks. Sorry, guys. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll do a quick quick run around uh, the the Orlando Magic's division and where they stand, where I think they stand at least in the Southeast Division. I'm sure we'll do more Southeast Division preview uh, as we get closer and closer to the regular season. The NBA schedule should be out sometime in the next week or two. Uh, you know, we're beginning to see some movement. Eurobasket preparations are beginning to start. Uh, I'll have a little bit more on that probably later in the week, if not early next week, when there's a little bit of a larger sample size. But suffice it to say, Evan Fournier had a very good game on Tuesday and a loss to Croatia, uh, and it's looking like he's going to be a big, 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 big player for France at Eurobasket. I would honestly say he's probably their best player with Rudy Gobert and Nicholas Batum both out of the lineup. So we'll start doing some Eurobasket prep. Um, in the coming weeks, uh, I do have it marked on my calendar, August 19th. Mark it on your calendars, too. France will take on Montenegro in a friendly, in, a, in an exhibition game. So that is your Evan Fournier versus Nikola Vucevic watch alert, I'm sure. Both players will want to win that game, even though it is just a friendly. Uh, those bragging rights in the locker room are pretty, pretty big. And knowing how Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier get along... Uh, I imagine that uh, that they will not let the other one live it down if uh, if they were to win. Although France is probably expected to win that game, uh, regardless of anything else that happens. Of course, if you want to go back and listen to yesterday's conversation about the G League and the Lakeland Magic, be sure to check out the Locked On Magic podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places that you can download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And if you're on iTunes and Audioboom, be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. It is a fantastic place to go to uh, check out uh, the latest that's going on anywhere in the world of the NBA as well as the NFL, as many of the NFL teams also have a Locked On Podcast. And one more announcement to get out of the way before we dive into today's show. Uh, I will be hosting a Facebook Live on Thursday, August 10th at 2 p.m., on the Locked On Podcast Network's Facebook page. That is facebook.com slash LockedOnPods. I'm actually going to check that right now, make sure I gave you all the right uh, address here. Um, 
Uh, be sure, if you, if you don't already, to like the Locked On Podcast Network on Facebook. That's where you can see a Facebook Live for me, as well as several of the other uh, several of the other hosts of the Locked On Podcast Network in the NBA in the NBA division. Uh, we're trying to do this Facebook Live thing, so be sure to check that out throughout the day on Thursday. I'll be doing my Facebook Live at 2 p.m., so bring your magic questions. I have a, a fun topic. I have a couple fun topics that I want to get to uh, on that uh, uh, for that show specifically, so we will uh, talk then live on Facebook. Of course, we got a couple episodes to get through first. Those were a lot of announcements, uh, and so let's dive straight into the breaking news from uh, Tuesday. Building off of the show that I did yesterday on the G League and the Lakeland Magic and just kind of getting a little eager and antsy about when stuff's going to happen with the G League team, we finally have something happen. The Lakeland Magic officially have a general manager and a head coach. The Orlando Magic announced on Tuesday that, that they have hired, that they have promoted, I guess, Anthony Parker, who was a scout for the Magic for the last five years or so. Uh, they've promoted Anthony Parker, Anthony Parker from scout to the general manager of the Lakeland Magic. And I really, really, really like this move. Uh, Anthony Parker has been a, a, a really a shining star in the Magic front office for some time now. It's A lot of people, I think, do believe that he is eventually going to get a, a bigger job, and this is a really good proving ground for him. Uh, as, uh, as I'll talk a little bit more about on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic, uh, I'm sure we'll dive into this a little bit, but uh, Anthony Parker was largely credited for putting together the Magic Summer League team this year. And while... You know, if you've read OrlandoMagicDaily.com, you you could you could tell I I didn't think that I don't think the Magic have used summer league very well. Last this this year's summer league team was actually pretty good. It had a lot of talented players um, between Marcus George's son who just signed with the Minnesota Timberwolves, Jalen Jones who signed with the New Orleans Pelicans, Matt Costello who signed with the San Antonio Spurs, uh, um, Derek Walton Jr. who signed with the Miami Heat, and then of course the rookies Jonathan Isaac and Wesley Wundu. The Magic had a lot of really talented players. In fact, by my count, uh, by that count, the Magic had four players off their summer league team sign NBA contracts in some form or fashion this year. That's a ridiculous number. I mean, really think about that. You, you don't usually see summer league players a make NBA rosters and stick with NBA rosters. So for the Magic to have four guys off their summer league team, uh make the NBA or make training camp rosters, that is a huge, huge compliment to the ability that Anthony Parker had to find talent and get them on the team. Now, Jones and Costello especially had their moments. They didn't play very well for the Magic. They played better for their teams in Vegas. And of course, Marcus Georges Hunt is not with the Magic, so blame the Magic for not taking advantage of that talent. But Everyone within the Magic organization was very, very, uh, was giving high praise uh, to the job that Anthony Parker did putting the team together. Remember, there's a management transition going on too. So there was a lot of moving pieces going on with the Magic at that time. And they put together a team that had a lot of talent. And I think Parker is the exact kind of guy you want running the G League team. Because he's going to find players who have that NBA talent like he did with the Summer League team. Uh, there were a couple guys on that summer league team that that I thought will get a look at, at with the Lakeland Magic. I think Kalen Lucas, who played for the Erie Bayhawks last year, if he wants to come back to the G League, I think they'll be more than ready to welcome him back. Uh, Hassan Martin, who didn't play fantastic in summer league, 
Uh, there's still something to like about him. I'm not sure what, but but I think there's still something to like about him. Uh, you know, you, you begin to get to the dregs of Summer League at, at a certain point, too. But Parker has shown an ability to find talent uh, and bring them into these uh, into these settings. I think that that is a big, big positive for a guy taking over the GM spot of a G League team. Uh, if you don't know Anthony Parker's playing history, you know, aside from being Candace Parker's brother, um, Anthony Parker had a pretty solid NBA career. He played uh, played nine seasons in the NBA, including one with the Orlando Magic. Uh, and uh, he famously played for Maccabi Tel Aviv, where he won two EuroLeague titles. He is uh, definitely a very, very strong candidate for general manager, and I think a very deserving candidate to be this team's general manager. In addition, the Orlando Magic also hired Stan Heath as the team's head coach. Stan Heath was last an assistant coach with the Boston, with Boston College. Uh, he was the head coach for Kent State when they went to the Elite Eight in 2002. Also had head coaching stints with Arkansas and USF. Boo, go Knights. Uh, overall, 209 and 206 record as a head coach at the college level. Don't know a lot about him. He's a Tom Izzo guy. I like Tom Izzo guys, uh, typically. Uh, he's obviously had his struggles at the co- collegiate level coaching as a head coach. But, A, having some connection to the area I think is good for marketing. I, I don't. You can't put that past it. It is a, it is a minor league team. Uh, but... We'll see what he does to, to grow the team up. Um, you know, again, I like Tom Izzo guys. They're they're usually tough-minded defensive players uh, and and coaches. Um, I think that's what you need at the G League level, especially because the G League is such a wide-open game. Uh, but the overall takeaway here is the Magic do have leadership now at the G League level with the Lakeland Magic. They do have guys to lead the ship uh, and and help the Magic make the most of this tool. I think Parker's going to bring in players to the G League that will benefit from the experience and and maybe one day benefit the Magic. Um, you know, obviously with the G League, you don't, there's a one-to-one relationship. The Magic control the basketball operations of that team, but you don't have one-to-one control over every player. So it's still a little bit of a crapshoot there, but I, I do think that the Magic are going in the right direction with their team in Lakeland. And of course, uh, like I said on yesterday's show, we will see how it all plays out. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. Like I said, today we're going to talk a little bit about the Southeast Division as a whole and how things changed, but I want to go back to one more point, one point about uh, the Magic Summer before we uh, get, get into how the division has changed and how the landscape has changed a little bit in the Eastern Conference. You know, I, I, I do read the comments, and I do read what people say, and I want to interact with readers, uh, obviously on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and I want to interact with readers here on the podcast. That's why I try to do mailbags. That's why I, I'm, I'm really excited about this Facebook Live that we started doing. I think our first one last week was, went really, really well. I love the interaction that I had with, uh, with the listeners. Uh, but, uh, you know... I, I did see the criticism that uh, when I talked about how homecomings sometimes don't work out, 
and, and you can't get overly excited about homecomings that you know I did come across as a little negative and 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 I and and that specific po that specific commentary I, I wanted to be the devil's advocate and, and slow things down uh and, and just kind of pause the positivity train I like to think of myself as an optimist um you can probably tell by the way I'm talking about the playoffs that, that I am cautiously optimistic about the season and then I tend to that tends to be my de- default to be cautiously optimistic. And yeah, that, that commentary was a little bit more pessimistic than, than, than maybe I even wanted it to be myself. I, 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 one of our writers on Orlando Magic Daily did bring up, I think, this important point. That, and it is something that's generally uh, good to consider. It's that there is something positive in itself in that storyline that that we in the media create created and followed about these players wanting to come to Orlando for whatever reason if you've been on Aaron Aflalo's Instagram lately every single post since he created that thing a few weeks ago has essentially been just this love letter to Orlando and you know the latest the latest one that I saw was him going out for a jog and, you know, using the ESPN box uh, real plus minus projections that had the Magic finishing 10th, which a lot of us were really excited about, I think. I think a lot of Magic fans saw that and were like, finishing 10th in the East? That would be an incredible season. No, Aaron Aflalo thinks that that's a joke and thinks the team's going to get home court advantage. God love you, Aaron. I I believe that. Please believe that. Please make it happen. But those are the kind of things we're seeing from from Aaron Aflalo. And, and like, like I think I even said this a few weeks ago, that love for Orlando really took me by surprise. Yes, this was a place where we experienced a lot of professional success, but it didn't seem to me that... It, it, it took me by surprise that he felt such a connection to the city and to the franchise. And, and there are a lot of factors going on with, with Aaron Aflalo right now uh, because... The, you know, essentially John Hammond and Jeff Weltman drafted him uh, in Detroit. Uh, and the Magic are obviously the place where he experienced his best professional success. Marie Spates, it's coming home. It's literally coming home. And I think most Magic fans would say getting a follow at the minimum, getting Spates at the minimum, gives the Magic a little bit of an embarrassment of riches. It, it, it is a steal. The Magic... And we'll talk about this more on tomorrow's podcast. We're going to talk a little bit more about the bench and the team's depth. The Magic, it does feel like, have a deeper, stronger team now. But let's pull the camera, let's pull the scale, the camera back a little bit. When we talked about free agency both this year and even last year, there was the the running narrative, and, and the logic would say, why would any major free agent choose the Magic? Why would any mid-tier free agent choose the Magic without getting overpaid? This is a team that, you know, for now, the last five years, has not even sniffed the playoffs. Why, if I'm a free agent, 
am I looking to join this team unless I am getting paid way more than my market value and I know it? That was the bind the Magic were in. They had to find bargains because convincing players to come to Orlando in free agency was going to be tough. They've got the weather, they've got the taxes, they've got the facility. They got stable ownership for what that's worth. But who would join this team if they're really about winning? That has always been the sort of fundamental question about a rebuilding team going out into free agency. It's tough to get those kinds of players, impact players, to come to your team. I mean, you look at who the Magic have signed in free agency. Channing Fry, four years, $32 million. He essentially admitted he came to Orlando for the money. He admitted that pretty openly. Ben Gordon, two, year, two years, $9 million, second year non-guaranteed. Who else? Bismack Biombo, everyone... Essentially, a lot of people consider him to have the worst con- one of the worst contracts in the NBA right now. That's the difficulty of being a rebuilding team trying to rely on free agency. But that that the, the silver lining to all this is you had two players for whatever reasons. Their reasons don't matter. You had two players. Willing to, willing. I mean, essentially, if you're a minimum contract, you can go anywhere you want because there's an exception for minimum contracts. You had two players decide to come to Orlando. The reasons are different, but they showed enough belief in this place and this franchise to come here. This management group to come here, to choose to be here. And I would agree that does say a lot. That does say something positive. We don't know if Aaron Aflalo had offers elsewhere for more money. We don't know if Maurice, I mean, Maurice Bates had some conversations reportedly with the Atlanta Hawks that fell through. Um, there, there were definitely a lot of questions. But at the end of the day, both of them elected to come to Orlando. An offer was made and they said, yes, I would I would come. I would go play there. And it and with them it's small because it's it's small money. But again, it does say something. It does show a certain amount of faith. Especially since they're on minimum contracts. Because if you're on a minimum contract and you don't play well, you're done. You're out of the league. You're one of those, you know, there are 30 first-round picks coming in every year. That's 30 less jobs for veterans. And so, essentially, Aaron Aflalo and Maurice Spates are trusting their futures playing for the Magic, getting an opportunity with the Magic. To me, that is a huge statement. And I agree that it is a good sign that the Magic are attractive enough of a situation to get those players to to believe in them to save their careers, essentially. On the flip side of that, 
being somewhere you want to be should make you a better player. If you're comfortable with your situation, if you're comfortable with your surroundings, you should be better for it. And so it 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 it, it is a good thing. It's absolutely a good thing that these two players elected to come to Orlando, wanted to come to Orlando, and then made it happen. So I don't want it to come off as negative because I, I do think there's a warning. I think with homecomings, you feel nostalgic, and when a player fails to live up to that nostalgia, sometimes the results are bad. And it's 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 less so for a flawless in space because they're coming off the bench. And, and I, I, I use that in the context of Dom Dwyer uh, with, with Orlando City, which again, they've, they've continued to struggle. But it is definitely good to see the Magic can become a free agent destination. It, it, it feels like sometimes those, those words ring hollow whenever Alex Martin says them. And I would agree Winning is the first thing that will get that to change. I think if the Magic start winning again, free agents will come. It's one of the reasons why, despite calls to tank again, I think the Magic making the playoffs this year would ultimately be a very good thing. Again, because it looks like you're heading up. You want to look, you want to look like you're heading up because that will attract free agents. And then all those other advantages will come in. And then word about, oh, this is how things are run here. This is this is why this is a good situation. Players talk to each other. That will begin to snowball, and then that will hopefully open the door to some different free agents for the Magic to improve their team again. So I think we do have to look at this ultimately as a positive and recognize what good came of this and what good this says about the team. Because, you know, when you look at the rest of the Southeast Division, this is a division that's got a lot of intrigue, but didn't see a lot of change this year. The biggest offseason move to the Southeast Division this year uh, came from the Atlanta Hawks trading Dwight Howard to the Charlotte Hornets. In fact, I I would venture to guess every team in the Eastern... uh, the Southeast Division stayed kind of stagnant. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I think every team got better except the Hawks. The Hawks are probably the. I would say the worst team in the Eastern Conference right now. They lost Paul Millsap to Denver in free agency. They traded away Dwight Howard. They're embracing a little bit of youth. You know, they're giving the ball to Dennis Schroeder. I'm not a big Dennis Schroeder guy. I, I I do believe the Magic have passed the Atlanta Hawks with the work they've done this summer, adding some veteran presence. Uh, getting some stability. I, I think the Magic are a better team than the Hawks. But other than that, things stayed kind of steady. And I think with the way the Eastern Conference shakes out, I think we will see three teams from, from the uh, Southeast Division make the playoffs. I think the Charlotte Hornets and Miami Heat will take two of those three spots that are left open by the Hawks, Bulls, and Pacers. You look at what the Hornets said. The Hornets have always been a team of steadiness. When people want them to tank, they kind of hold fast. And it usually works out for them. When you actually look at Charlotte's statistical profile last year, 
They had the statistical profile of a playoff team. Their net rating should have put them in the playoffs. They lost a significant number of close games last year. And if you've listened to this podcast for a while, whenever I talk about close games, I usually lead off with this phrase. Good teams don't win close games. They avoid them. Close games are essentially 50-50 shots. They're, they're coin flips. And whether you win or lose them, yeah, good teams tend to win them. But playing in a lot of them is usually a bad thing because you're going to win... We're going to win win as many as you lose. So Charlotte lost a lot of their close games last year, and that's why they missed the playoffs. But that team is still a very good team. They didn't lose really anyone significant and added Dwight Howard. And so the question is, can that team integrate Dwight Howard? Can Dwight Howard be anything resembling what he was in Orlando or even in Houston? And if he can... If Steve Clifford, who coached Dwight Howard in Orlando, if Steve Clifford, and also in LA, actually, with the Lakers, if Steve Clifford can get something out of Dwight Howard, that lineup with Kemba Walker and Nicholas Batum, if they can stay healthy, is a very, very good lineup, especially in Eastern Conference. I would put Charlotte right behind Washington. I would kind of actually put them ahead of Miami at this point. Miami kept a lot of things the same. Their their big addition was Kelly Olenek. They kept Deion Waiters. They kept uh, Udonis Haslam. But that team is essentially the same team from last year. And that's both good and bad. Because everyone remembers Miami struggling to start the season, but going on a tear to end the season. And nearly making the playoffs. Last year was Miami's version of heart and hustle. And they're going to run it back. They're going to see if they can capture that magic again. And I don't think they'll be able to fully capture it but I do think Miami is good enough to make the playoffs or at least compete for one of those last playoff spots. Um, I would put them in because of the way they finished. I think they got a lot of confidence from it, and I think rolling it back is going to do them wonders. Eric Spolstra is a fantastic coach. They've got a game-changing center on Hassan Whiteside, a guy who just protects the rim and plays really well around the basket. Uh, I, I think that that is still a very, very dangerous team. But of course, everyone in the Southeast Division is looking up at the Washington Wizards. Another team that didn't change very much. They re-signed Otto Porter Jr. And probably in the bigger move, they signed John Wall to that max extension. Their future is stable. Very stable. And I think that Washington is right now the biggest, probably the biggest threat to Boston and Cleveland. Now, the Wizards have not been able to put together back-to-back good seasons. They made the playoffs two years ago. Everyone thought they were ready to make that step up and get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they sort of flamed out. Then last year, they went back. They went back. They got to the second round. They looked really, really good again, got Boston to seven games, and it seems like they're back on the up and up. Staying healthy is absolutely critical for them. they got to have a healthy Bradley Beal. But that is still a very, very good team and a team that that players want to be part of right now. Uh, I think that that John Wall can continue, continue to take this leap. He was should have been on the fringe of the MVP conversation last year. Obviously, MVP conversation last year was Westbrook, uh, Westbrook, Harden, Kawhi, LeBron. But right after them was John Wall. John Wall was like fifth, sixth, or seventh in, in that MVP conversation. I, I would probably just say fifth. I don't want to tick off any Wizards fans here. Um, but... I think Washington is the absolute class of the Southeast Division. 
I would pencil them in as the division champions. I think that they will repeat their success from last year, and I think that they will challenge to get to the Eastern Conference Finals once again. Uh, I think that that is a very good team, a very hungry team that's still looking for respect. And so I think that they are, uh, they, they again, you didn't have to make a lot of changes to that team. I think that team can run it back and they can continue to improve. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Magic. I want to thank everyone again for listening. Uh, once again, of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audio, and Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places that you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Be sure to subscribe uh, and leave a, leave a review, especially on iTunes, to help us climb the rankings. Uh, and, of course, be sure to subscribe to get tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, where I'll be talking with Zach Palmer about uh, the Magic's offseason uh, and looking ahead to uh, next year. Zach Palmer uh, of Orlando Magic Daily will be on the Locked on Magic podcast tomorrow. So be sure to look out for that. We're looking. I'm looking forward to talking with him. We always have good conversations about the team. Come at, come at, the, come at the team from... From a little different perspective, but uh, we'll we'll uh, we always have good conversations. So I'm looking forward to that. And of course, don't forget Thursday at 2 p.m. on Facebook.com/slash Locked On Pods, the Locked On Podcast Network's Facebook page. Thursday at 2 p.m. we'll be doing a face a Locked On Magic Facebook Live. That will be Friday's episode of Locked On Magic. Uh, so if you miss it, we will have that up on the iTunes feed as iTunes, all those fun places feeds as well. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. That's Philip with one L. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com and follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily, as well as like us on Facebook at orlandomagicdaily. That's going to do it for me uh, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossenreich. I will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.